Hi gorgeous, welcome to Fitness and Mimosas, a podcast of girlfriends from around the world who lift up each other, celebrate each other, and embrace our own definition of beautiful. So let's go ahead and put down our kettlebells, slide into a pair of sexy slitters, and have a great time. Welcome to the party! <laughs> Hi beautifuls, welcome to this week's Fitness Mimosas. This week we're welcoming the gorgeous Tammy from Beyond Fit Coaching to our cocktail table today. So welcome Tammy! <laughs> Thanks for coming. Tammy has worked with countless competitors and helping them prepare for the stage in bodybuilding competitions. And what I love about her is every time I look at her Instagram page, another one of her clients is standing up there with a the hardware. But that's not what sets her apart. But what when you visit her website is the fact that beside her logo is the saying that it's a natural way of improving your health, which is something that you don't always see in the bodybuilding industry. Her holistic approach is what sets her apart. So, Tammy, that's number one why I love you. <laughs> that's like I told you, but that's number one. That caught my attention. Um, and then for the second part is your dedication to help other people. So I don't know how many months ago, but I think it was back in maybe November I reached out to you. Um, but I had sent you a DM just asking you about your business, how you got to the top, and you didn't make me feel bad about it. You just reached back, you held my hand, you helped me there. So it just really says a lot about your character. So welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, I'm very excited. And, uh, you know, it is uh, very empowering to help one another grow in every aspect that we're able to. So. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So how did you get started in the world of not just bodybuilding, but in the world of, like, fitness and taking care of yourself? Uh, fitness started, I mean, I've been an athlete my entire life. Um, I started coaching soccer right outside of high school, was on the board of directors in a local uh, league that's here, a uh, local club, mm-hmm. and um, we built up the academy as well as in-house training with all the different uh, local clubs, so we went from having one team per age group all the way up to having over 750 within the academy itself. Wow. So there's a difference between rec and academy training. Um, so it became kind of like a school to where they learn from the ground up. So when they get to, up to the competitive age that they're able to go to the state cup and wow. on up. Wow. Um, from there, I got into bodybuilding, you know, as you know, when you come outside of High school and stuff and college sports becomes very different. And, you know, yeah. uh, there are small groups that form teams within the community. But there's not really so much for you to continue on with that competitive edge or that competitive drive. Um, yeah. That's when I got introduced to uh, bodybuilding. Um, after I had my fourth child, I really wanted to, you know, start kind of retaking care of myself in that aspect. I've always been healthy and fit. I never really got too far off the spectrum, even with pregnant, with four pregnancies. But I wanted to, you know, just really change my body, see and push its limits, but also set things to the tone where I could have, like, a date and yeah. just really push myself to the edge. Um, so at that point, once I learned about bodybuilding, it's just something I fell in love with. Um, I went ahead and worked under different coaches and mentors that I personally felt were the best in the industry, but also, like you said, natural competitors themselves and truly believed in just keeping those values um, to the forefront. 
Uh, from there, I uh, worked for a large team uh, for a little while, and I pulled away from the team aspect um, to kind of deliver more of an edge of, you know, yes, while it is a, a very sexual, um, can have a sexual appeal to it, mm-hmm. but it's an, also a very athletic appeal. And yes. I just wanted to kind of give women um, tools to feel good in their own skin, as well as, you know, empowerment through being pushed through the athletic aspect. I I love it. I love that. So a lot of women lose themselves sort of along the way. How are you able to throughout like having four kids, one, like while you were pregnant, how did you stay healthy? But then afterward, how did you prep while having four kids? Um, Well, I, while I was, you know, I grew up in a household, unfortunately, well, fortunately, and because it's created who I am today, but I grew up in a household where health uh, was not a prime focus. Um, mm. Genetics of obesity, as well as I, you know, watched depression my entire life. Mm. Uh, people go through this quick fix diets that just turn around and you know have not worked for them. Um, yeah. So it's just something that I've always been aware of of what I put into my body once I became of age and was able to have choices of what was in my body. Um, so I've always just read labels. I've always been very aware and cognitive of that. So as I would go through different stages, especially during pregnancies and stuff like that, as you know, I would approach different things with maybe like the doctors or whatnot. I always read. I always educated myself. Um, from there, you know, once the kids were of age and stuff or, you know, birth, I went ahead and uh, just I get up early. You know, my husband, he leaves in the morning. Um, I stayed home with my little ones while they were younger. Um, I still was coaching and stuff like that, but I was home primarily during that time. But I just get up early, you know, get up at 3.30, train from 4 to 6. Wow. And they're still sleeping. You know, there's nothing taken away from them. Yeah. Um, if anything, you know, as I've grown through that, I've given them tools for success within their, because they're all very athletic. They're all on competitive teams and stuff. You know, my oldest now is going into high school, and he's asking me all these questions. He wants to learn about nutrition and different things. And because I've been able to do that and take care of myself as a mom, mm-hmm. then I'm able to go ahead and give that back to them. So. I love So how did you do, the like, your meal prep? Did you do that separately or together? Like, your meal prep plus the kids' meals? Um, they typically eat the same way I do. Okay. So because we're very busy. Sports are all in the evening. Yeah. There's no downtime. Yeah. So I'll prep their meals. They're all, you know, I would say 90% of the time, because obviously we're not always successful in prepping if we're traveling or something on the weekend, but 90% of the year round, they'll have, they have color-coordinated uh, Tupperware. Oh, I love that. So they'll have their meals prepped. I'll start, I'll prep some on Monday, and then say, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday or just whenever yeah. the meals need to be refilled. And they'll have their food, and they know they come home from school, they warm it up, they sit down, they eat, and they get ready for sports. Now on the weekend, obviously we have family traditions, you sit down and have dinner together and stuff like that. But, you know, we live in a busy day and age and uh, with competitive sports, and there's four kids. Yeah. You know, it's eating, getting ready, going to sports, coming home, doing your homework, and it's that time to do it again, so... So you mentioned earlier, like, how bikini, it can have that sexual component, but also an athletic component to it. Can you share a bit about the psychological aspect of bodybuilding and, like, one, getting developing confidence 
outside of the bikini and inside the bikini, and then third part, comparing yourself to the person next to you on stage. Okay. So, you know, there is definitely a mental aspect to it. I've seen a lot of body image issues uh, mm-hmm. developing, especially the younger, you know, 20 to 30 range. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of girls want to become like that insta famous, and they just feel like, you know, they they desire that attention from that area. So they get on stage, they have, they do one show and, you know, they think that it's instantly going to make them famous. Um, so, you know, that is something that I've seen firsthand. Um, and girls walk away, they get, uh, uh, like development issues with eating. So when they see their food, they start to pull away from eating certain things because, Mm they have relationship issues with it. Um, so it is something that I worked on. You know, I learned that working with one team, so I pulled away from that. And what I hope to deliver and continue to push with my girls is, you know, right now as you're developing it, it doesn't take, you're not going to get on stage in 12 weeks. Right. Unless you've been an athlete for quite a long time, you've been building. We don't want to just lean you and put you on stage lean and pretty. Right. You're beautiful inside and out. But there's so much more to it. It is an athletic thing. So yeah. we're going to go through cycles of building so that you have the correct appeal to get on stage. So during that process, you know, they're they're developing themselves emotionally. They're learning themselves mentally because they're being challenged in the gym as an athlete. And then they come to me. They're seeing and learning, you know, things about their diet that don't work. They're learning and seeing things about their body and how it builds, you know, they're, they take all these aspects and they just develop them into who they are and that athlete before they get on stage. So the bikini portion doesn't even come in for these girls under training with the, like, especially with Beyond Fit until they get closer to stage and then mm. until they take stage. Now you're beautiful. You've developed internally, emotionally, the whole nine yards. Now let's get the bikini on let's get pampered and let's get on stage and look like the beautiful you, who you are. Yeah. So, oh, I know, love so that. So it, the bikini aspect is there, you know, and being beautiful, you know, sexual, you know, obviously is right. there, but that's not the full realm or the aspect because if you're standing next to somebody on stage and you did not go through the emotional and mental barriers and create, you know, overcome your limits, prior to getting on stage, when you stand there, you're comparing yourself next to that person next to you. And, you know, that body image issues that you're developing in those moments carry on with your confidence when you leave stage. Yeah. You start reverse dieting when you come off stage. If you're not properly reverse diet, what do you think's going to happen? I mean, you've put on five pounds within 48 hours. Not understanding, you know, that's water retention mm-hmm. and a lot of other things. You have to come off Appropriately. And if you're seeing that next to you and you walk off with body image issues because you did not develop, you know, the proper ways before taking stage, then that carries on with you for, you know, quite a period of time after until you reapproach all those issues. Do you ever do, and I hate to call it like a rescue prep situation fix, but do you ever work with because it sounds like you work with clients so they let you build up to the stage. So have you ever had people come to you who have, have been in the middle of really bad experiences um, just because there are different kind of coaches out there? And I know you guys can hear just from, like, 
like Tammy, this is the real deal here. And you don't always see that. So do you always, uh, or do you, have you ever had any woman come to you and be like, Hey, um, this many weeks or I'm six weeks out from stage and being able to fix that? Or would you tell that person, Hey, if this is the direction you're going and you can tell it's the bad direction to just skip this show and I'll help you prepare for the next one. Or do you think it's um, something you can turn around and fix? Have I ever done that? Yes, I have in particular situations. Um, but not with a general population. So I've never had somebody come to me and say, I'm in the middle of this crap. Can you do this? I've had people approach me, but I won't, I won't do it. I'll say, yeah. you know, you need to recommunicate with your coach, see if you guys can come to some terms, you know, make it, a, make it an approachable, be very clear in your communication, and then see if you guys can handle it. If you decide you're not coaching with them anymore and you want to readdress it, then we can look at where you are at. Because there's so many question, underlying questions. You can't just be like, oh, yeah, let me take you and let me just make you skinny and put you on stage. Yeah. There's so much to look at with a client and to learn while prepping them to be able to take them to stage appropriately. Um, so six weeks, I'm not even going to know this individual. Right. Now, I, like I said, I have taken someone to stage that way, but this was somebody who I was very close with. Um who was literally getting to go, go on stage. So I knew her emotional stage. Um, I knew, like, the ins and outs of what her diet and everything looked like. She was, a, you know, a repeat competitor. Uh, so she could do a cut-and-dry diet to get to stage. Do I recommend it? No. Did I disclose to her, you know, everything that she was approaching? Absolutely. Mm. But have I done it? Yes. Will I do it? No. Okay. Okay. If someone's interested in getting um, into bodybuilding, where do you think they should begin? Um, just get in. I mean, it depends on if they've never even been inside the gym. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, you need to get inside the gym, learn the equipment, learn proper form and technique on what you, you know, what the equipment does. Um, if you need help with form and all that, working with a trainer. But it takes time. It doesn't, it's not something, again, that's going to happen overnight. If you've never been in the gym, you know, give yourself a realistic approach of two to three years before you get on stage. Mm. Uh, from there, you know, then working with a coach, either if you're motivated um, online or in person. I would state that very much so. If you, if you can't get to the gym on your own due to a motivational level, looking to take stage is not something that I would look at at that point. Yeah. I would definitely wait till you're able to motivate your own self <laughs> yep. to get to stage, right? Because, you know, there's so many people who want to just come to the gym and do personal training with me and then become a competitor, but, you know, they can't get to the gym themselves, so that's why they come to a trainer. Yeah. You know, this is a very motivational, this is a very uh, internal thing that you have to have the drive because it's, uh, like when you're in prep, it's 99% of the day. Like mm-hmm. you have to control everything that goes in your mouth. You have to tr- control your mental state. You have to control everything. Yeah, it's so, not just yeah. a cute Instagram game. Right. So, you know, if you, so you got to start from the bo- bottom up. Once you gain your motivation, then you would go into online coaching or something. Yeah. So. Where do you see the sport and where do you see yourself in 10 years? Where do I see the sport? Mm-hmm. Well, right now, you know, the NPC is the, one of the primary, the largest um, bodybuilding uh, 
committee in the industry. And, um, you know, it's really getting watered down in the bikini aspect. They've, uh, this year they put some new regulations on who becomes at the national level before they can compete for the pro card and stuff, which I think is great. Yeah. Because national shows were becoming, um, you know, classes were very large between yeah. 25 to 40 competitors in each class, which, you know, when you're already a top athlete and then you're there, all the bodies, you know, really become watered down. So they yeah. placed it from, you know, the uh, national qualifying shows from the top three, now is up to the top two, become nationally qualified to compete at nationals, which I think is really good. Yeah, so I, I do believe in the next, you know, 10 years, a lot of these shows are going to be, there's going to be a lot more regulations of what they're looking for. Um, it's going to be tighter in the aspect of who actually gets to move on and who doesn't. Uh, where do I see myself in the next 10 years? I do believe that I'll be going into judging within the next four to five years. Yes. Um, and from that aspect, from that time right now, I have a team of coaches that I'm coached or that I'm mentoring to mm-hmm. actually take over the team of girls. Um, and they range from, you know, all across the country to a larger set of girls in the Tampa Bay area in Florida. So yeah. that would be the long-term goal uh, would be that, you know, I'll be going into judging to kind of get into the more political aspect of uh, NPC and mm-hmm. kind of desire, you know, to see the desired change of like the more holistic and natural approach to com- com- competing uh, go across the board if at all possible. And then just allow the team of coaches to head on beyond the bikini. Oh, I love it. Have you always thought this way in terms of um, like phases and steps where like, okay, I did this phase, now this comes next? Or like, how do you find your direction through life? Um, life experiences. Um, mm-hmm. No, my, I'm ever changing. I'm ever evolving. Um, not too long ago, you know, I already have uh, two or three nutrition certifications um, as well as, you know, bodybuilding certification and personal training, the whole nine yards. And recently I just, you know, had a few different instances that approached me uh, and I, you know, decided to go back to school and now I'm going to, I'm going for a registered dietitian. Yeah. So, you know, it, everything changes. So, yeah. you know, but the way I approach everything is, is, you know, when there is an adversity that comes at me or if there is a mountain or a hill, when I see it, I say, okay, well, why is this here? Uh-huh. Um, you know, it affects, you have that adversity that obviously affects you emotionally and internally, right? You deal with it. Now, mm-hmm. what is the positive that's going to come out of it? So now, you put place this adversity here for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, now I'm going to take that as an opportunity, and now I'm going to grow in that aspect, and you just made me better. Thank you. Yeah. Wow, that's such an inspiring way to look at adversity instead of, you know, seen as a chain that's attached to you. If you have to, otherwise you'll never get anywhere. You'll you'll literally stay on the ground if you don't look at it that way. Huh. So I know, like, back in the beginning, you mentioned growing up and just seeing sort of the effects of depression, you know, and sometimes I think of that as, like, sort of the silent killer because you, you don't necessarily, like, you can see the effects of it, but it's mm-hmm. not like if someone broke their arm, you can tell, oh, someone, like, broke their arm. And I don't know that it's as accepted or as, as noted. More people are talking about it now that we see it out and around, but it still has a stigma. And it's something that I've struggled with myself. Do you have any advice for anyone who's had depression or is living with someone else who has depression? For sure. 
you know, it's it's a it's a really hard thing, especially when it's somebody you care about, just to watch from the outskirts. Yeah. Um, because it has to be an internal thing for them to desire to help themselves. Yeah. So you know, I my advice to people who are trying to help others, just be there for them. You know, be ready to love them when they're ready to love themselves. Mm. But at the end of the day, just like any type of addict or any type of you know mental barriers or whatnot. It has to be them who's ready to approach it first and foremost. And yeah. my advice to anyone who's going through that, you know, in terms of depression or whether it's post, you know, pregnancies or whatever the underlining thing is, is take it day by day, set a goal, you know. But first and foremost, you got to start loving yourself. And that goes with self-care. And as you start to appreciate who you are, then that, the world around you going is going to accept that as your standard for your life and start loving you back on that level. But until you start to exhibit and the world starts to see you there, it's going to still treat you the same. Mm. So what would, you, what would you tell the woman that's looking in the mirror right now and she's saying to herself, I don't even know how to start loving myself? Put some makeup on. Change your clothes. Do you, you know, go to the gym. Yeah. Do something. What is your favorite thing to do for you, you know? And, you know, people make obstacles for themselves that are unnecessary. I don't have time. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. I feel selfish. You know, unfortunately, in my opinion, our society has created those for a, a woman who stays at home. It's got like a wife or yeah. some, a parent, a female, that if they do for themselves, that they're taking away from their kids and that they're selfish. There's yep. a big difference and there's a fine line between being egotistical and self-care and self-love, um, those are two very different things. And that's where our society has gone wrong is, you know, you have vanity here, which is huge. Mm-hmm. But then you have people who just don't even care for themselves. You know, you have to care for yourself before you can do for others. Oh, so um, yeah. when you're looking at yourself, tell yourself you're worth it, you know. Yeah. Go and do something for yourself. What do you love? And if you don't know, start trying yeah. Or trying different things, you know? I love it. My, um, so my new quote, I think it was of last week, is like, you don't have to be everyone's angel. It's okay to fold your wings, you know? <laughs> one of my, Absolutely. one of my girlfriends was telling me, she's like, you know, when you think about birds that fly, when they, sh- when they fly in a V, they fold, they fold their wings because that's the easiest way to fly. So you're right, you know? Like, maybe and that's Unfortunately, is. you know, with change comes, change and possibly people in your life, change yeah. and environment in your life. Um, you know, so it is hard. Change is hard. Um, and, you know, that's one of the biggest things I see in women who want to compete. You know, they come, they come with barriers they come, or they come with baggage. You know, they come wanting change and that changes bad relationships, bad choices that they've had, you know, self-image issues that they're trying to overcome and they just feel like, they see that girl on stage and they're just like, they, they see that empowerment. They want to be and free from whatever they're carrying. Mm. And, you know, that time and time again, you know, as they start competing and they start caring about themselves, their significant other starts to become very insecure in that. And then there's bickering, you know, there's things that go back and forth. That doesn't have anything to do with the woman. It has everything to do with whoever their partner is. Yeah. Because that relationship and that energy is holding 
that other individual back. And unfortunately, a lot of times, you know, in order for you to be able to see change, you have to change your environment. And, mm. you know, sometimes it's saying goodbye to certain people. Boy, that's a tough, especially when that's your significant other. <laughs> that's a tough step. It is a tough step, but, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, for people not to or to leave their significant other right. or anything like that. But I, what I'm saying is, is if anybody, if it's your parent, if it's your, you know, anybody, obviously, besides your child, because you have to be a parent, yeah, yeah. tells you or creates that barrier in your life to love yourself or to be healthy. Mm. I'm not even talking about loving yourself because that term can be very misconstrued to like being, again, very egotistical, vanity, the whole nine years. But if somebody's creating that barrier to where you can't even be healthy mentally, emotionally, and physically, mm. then that needs to move aside. Now, does that mean that it's temporarily moved, like a temporary movement or a permanent? I mean, I think that that would be how that person reciprocates your change, and then they develop their self in response to what you're doing. Oh, my goodness. So many diamonds, Tammy. That's, yeah, that's so powerful. Do you have any training tips and nutrition tips for women with busy schedules? I hate calling them hacks because I'm always like, well, you can't cheat the reps. (laughs) But do you have, like, any tips about how to sort of organize things or to make it easier? My whole thing is, I mean, obviously this information, you know, my advice is it's very hard to give just underlining advice, but eat healthy, eat Mm -hmm. plant-based, eat whole foods, um, eat lean meats. If you don't have time to really start getting into like, you know, your macros and macronutrients, you know, you need to just look at your plate, make it colorful, make it, um, you know, proportioned where it's like 80% fruits and vegetables and, you know, lean meats and go about your day, but you have to prepare it. Um, if yeah. you're going out, you're just going to fail because you're so hungry by that point if you didn't bring something with you or if you didn't plan what you're eating, that you're just going to resort to junk food it's just or something quick and fast. So Yeah. Get what? back in the kitchen, women. <laughs> what advice would you give to your kids about fitness? Um, as far as any underlying specific question, like, um, I think just in general, like from a mental (laughs) aspect and then just from like a life aspect, because I can tell like they're very, very active, but every stage you're right. Like, especially once you leave high school and then if you go in college and part of college sports, that helps. But then it's almost like at some point, like you really have to provide their own structure. So I just guess... Mm -hmm just throughout their lives, like, what would you tell them to keep in the forefront? Forefront is to do what you love to be able to be active. You know, Mm. anyone who comes to me and they try different things, you know, not everyone who comes to me and starts training under me sticks with me. You know, Mm. it's just that's life. Nor do they, you know, want to do what I see or or what is in my field. You know, but what I tell them is, is my desire is not for everyone to take stage and become a, you know, bikini competitor. It's for you to learn to be healthy and active in your own way. So, yes. in order, you know, find what you love. If you like on the weekends, softball, then go play softball. Yeah. Whatever it is that you love and truly love, stick with in fitness. Because guess what? 
you're going to do it for a lifetime. Yes. Yep. Amen to that. How do you juggle running a business and taking care of your family? Just, again, you know, time is time is of the essence and being organized. Uh, I have always been somebody who's been uh, a go-getter. I have energy, you know, from sun up to sundown. And it just is motivating for me to be in an industry that I love, that I desire change in. Um, and I love my kids, so obviously I constantly do for them because that's what motivates me. That's what, you know, fuels my soul to see them happy and to see them successful and to be an attribute to society that makes me feel empowered as well. I love it. All right. Let's see. We're almost there. So can you talk about loving the transformation and like loving the process versus just wanting to snap your fingers and instantly being I don't necessarily want to call it stage ready but whether it's ready for the stage ready for a wedding ready for a bikini you know but just enjoying the transformation process and the patience about with having that yeah um that's probably one of the biggest obstacles that people have that creates the difference between failure and success for clients Mm-hmm. is the fact that, you know, everyone wants the instant 30-day uh, challenge or 30-day stick. Um, they want to see the results in- instantaneously. Um, I wouldn't constantly, you know, I would measure your progress by measurements, how you feel internally, constantly beautifying yourself from the inside out, not just based upon what you see on the scale, but just to really measure the quality of life. So, you know, I have some clients, especially in the geriatric uh, stage that come in. And, you know, just even taking a step, they're constantly falling throughout the day. Yeah. Now they're seeing their measurements. You know, they also need to lose weight and different things like that. But just in building, you know, muscle tone and stuff, or muscle mass, they're able to not fall, you know? Yeah. Um, so these measurements and measuring your success varies, you know? Again, it's, it's an internal growth. Um, it's something that you constantly need to remind yourself of because we are in a state in America, unfortunately, again, of quick fixes that mm-hmm. need to happen now on demand. Mm-hmm. But what you created and say you're 35 years old, what you have done to yourself in 35 years can't be undone in 35 days. Yes. So it takes, <laughs> yeah. It takes time to undo, relearn, reteach. And just like anything, like when you become addicted to drinking, you know, you have to wake up and you have to remind yourself, I'm not going to go to that quick, you know, breakfast. I'm going to fix my own breakfast. You know, it's just a constant reminder. And it's something you're going to live with for the rest of your life because for your whole life, you've been trained that way. Yeah. And I didn't even think to bring this up earlier because I don't see too much of it, um, except for like a couple of weeks ago. But have you ever met anyone who's now, like, hesitant of lifting weights because of the idea of bulking up? Oh, yeah. I have a lot of females who come in, and they're, you know, they show a lot of insecurities. You know, I, I do a lot of listening as I train, and I do a lot of asking questions, and those questions, obviously, are building blocks for various reasons of different things that I see in individuals. And as I ask them, I'm able to know, a little bit more pull out of where they're coming from and their perspective of like why I see different traits in them or insecurities or whatnot. But, um, you know, a lot of people see pictures of bikini competitive, you know, competitors and stuff and they see that edge, but there's so many, there's, 
skinny competition and there's, you know, uh, figure and it just goes on up. It's not, they see mm-hmm. those and they think that they're going to be bulky and stuff. And there's, there's a huge difference between being fit and having a fit physique and being bulky, you know, like a male competitor. Yeah. So there's, it's totally two different things. And is there a mental barrier? Yeah, but I think that mental barrier a lot of times just comes in because they're just nervous about any type of change and approaching the weight. I don't believe it's necessary. Um, I don't believe it's necessarily like they think that they're going to get bulky. I think it's just seeing that weight associated with for so long that that those weights are only picked up by males. You know, it is a newer aspect that women are in the gym. Yeah, no, that's true. Because you're you're right. You have to train totally different in order to even get bulky. Like that's a different right, ballpark exactly. altogether. And, and you know what? Your body's not going to naturally get humongous, anyways, unless you're taking additive things. You know, God created our bodies as a mm-hmm. female for a reason. So we only project, you know, so many, so much hormones and stuff. So over time, yeah. you will continue to tone and you know tighten and build. But to get to the level of looking like a man and stuff is just not a natural state. Yeah, it's not. What advice would you tell your 11-year-old and then version of yourself? And what advice would you tell your 21-year-old version of yourself? Well, my 11-year-old self, I would definitely, you know, tell myself to, you know, never give up, to push a little bit harder. Um, As a child, if I didn't want to do something, it was very much... You know, oh, okay, good. Let's move on to the next thing. Um, and I very much have created within myself that you, to be persistent um, in what I want to never stop. Mm-hmm. Excuses are just, you know, self-made barriers. Um, that walking away from a goal is just not acceptable in my book. So um, that would be my 11-year-old self. So it's just a little transformation that I've achieved since then. Mm-hmm. And 21-year-old self, I mean... You know, maybe a different avenue of approaching, you know, going into fitness, you know, educational-wise and stuff and career-wise at an earlier state um, as my main career. But at the same token, you know, what I developed, because I was a teacher for a really long time and stuff like that, what I developed in those years also made me able to be a better instructor inside of the gym because, you know, I had the practices and the fundamentals of teaching within a classroom, too. So, you know, at 21, I believe... Or at 11, I believe all stages develop you to who you are today. So, yeah. advice advice at those ages is kind of hard to give because I have to go through those things. You have to go through the pains, the joys in order to develop to who you are today. Yeah, it's true. So, earlier you mentioned how like, so often we looked at men as in the gym, you know, and when you look at a lot of fitness protocols, when you like, you sort of backtrack it. A lot of it are based for and by a man. And it's not that every trainer is a man, clearly, but there's a lot of male influences in fitness just in general. So what does femininity mean to you? Like if you were to look at fitness that way and be able to put a feminine sport as fitness, and then what does it mean to you in general? Like what does that word mean? As far as fitness, what does uh, it mean? I, I would say just to be, just have your foundation back. You know, um, women have learned, have lost what was created for them in their curves and in their figure. Yeah. And it's just kind of become uh, soft and um, not strong and not empowered um, from internally to externally. So when you see them, they look very helpless. You know, the image of a woman, 
you know, prior to recent years is very helpless, very in the kitchen, but very self-serving to everyone else but herself. Mm. So as in fitness, I believe that it's just restructuring and, you know, finding that empowerment of who you are and as a woman and to have, you know, your sexy curves back and to have a full figure, not to be, you know, overweight and soft and, you know, held together by, you know, bonnets over your head or whatnot, you know, hiding who you are. Because, you know, a lot of cultures and stuff, they hide their entire body and stuff. And why? Like, you were created a certain way for reason, you know, maximize that. And in general, it just means to be beautiful, to be, to show the world, like, to be strong but gentle at the same time, to be loving and to be bold and daring all in one, you know? Men, not very many men, you know, they, when you look at a male or you think of a male, it's very uh, strong, uh, determined, and very um, demanding, I guess. Maybe not, that's not the word, but just No, very, I know what you mean. Yeah, hard all the time. You know, whereas a woman can have those attributes, but also deliver them in a gentle and loving and beautiful manner. Yes. Wow. Wow, Tammy, you're you're just I have to tell you I hope you know this. I'm sure you do, but you are one amazing woman. You really are. Thank you. Thank you, gorgeous. Thank you so much. So how how can we connect with you more if someone's interested in training with you? How do we follow you on social media? What's the best way to reach out to you? Uh just go right on social media, beyond the bikini. And follow us there. There our website link is there. Um, you can inbox us with questions and you know, we'll help you as best as we can. Aw, well thanks so much. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Well, ladies, thanks so much for joining the gorgeous Tammy and I around our cocktail table. Um, remember to not only make life beautiful, but to also be your own definition of beautiful. I love you, and I'll see you next week. Hi, gorgeous. If any part of this podcast made you go, yes, girl, yes, girl, yes, <laughs> Please rate this podcast and leave a review below. This is a sisterhood, and the more we support each other, the more we get to stand together. To test out more booty building workouts, get your free six-day booty transformation guide at bombshellbuttlift.com. And in the words of Coco Chanel, you can be gorgeous at 30, charming at 40, and irresistible for the rest of your life. Love you. Have a beautiful day.